Welcome to DMI's Next Sale, the podcast that covers everything financial professionals like you need to know in the annuity and life insurance space. Join us as we talk with experts about products, sales techniques, operations, and current events that directly affect your next sale. All right. So you know what? I'm just going to go ahead and get started. My name is Glenn Sedgefield. I'm the VP of DMI located in Hingham, Massachusetts. We are a, uh, an IMO specializing in life and annuity products. We provide sales, operations, and marketing slash education support. So what we try to do is, is bring you educational opportunities and marketing opportunities that are going to make a real difference in your business. Um, but then I'd also like to introduce uh, Mr. Andy Robertson, the founder and is it CEO or president or uh, of the Corporation for Social Security Claiming Strategies. I'm, uh, I'm the vice president, actually. My wife is the is the founder. I created the software platform. She created the educational platform. I should have known. It's it's yeah. the wife's always first. So so can you tell us a little bit about CSSCS, uh, Andy. Yeah, happy to. So we developed the Corporation for Social Security Claiming Strategy shortly after uh, I, I launched the first iteration of our Social Security optimization software. So uh, long story short, uh, back about 10 years ago, when the whole concept of Social Security maximization really started to take hold across the industry, we were looking for a software solution that we thought would really help us do a better job providing Social Security advice. And frankly, we weren't enthralled with most of what we discovered. Most of what we found, I would describe as, tell me when you're going to die calculators. So they looked at Social Security in a vacuum. They didn't look at Social Security as part of the broader retirement income plan. And essentially, it was just a back-end spreadsheet analysis that said, based upon how old you are now, and when you think you're going to die, and if you can't decide, you could fall back on a, a mortality table, here's when you should take Social Security. So it was exclusively focused on a cash flow uh, from Social Security over this defined period of time. Of course, if one of you died at a different time, it would completely change change the recommendation or output. And the reality is, of course, none of us know when that's going to happen. So it was really deficient on a number of fronts. So I decided how hard can it be to build the Social Security platform we want? You know, we understood the value Social Security could provide. Could we build a platform? And it took me a year and a half with a lot of help, but we got it done. And when I was done, one thing that occurred to me um, was maybe more valuable than than the calculator itself was the knowledge base that I was able to develop when I was building the calculator. So uh, we decided at that point that we would would create the Corporation of Social Security Claiming Strategies with the single intent of providing advisors a single uh, one-stop kind of solution that they could turn to for all their training and support needs around Social Security and Social Security advice. So that was the intent of the Corporation for Social Security Claiming Strategies. We've educated thousands of advisors in the last roughly eight years across the country and really helped them see firsthand and quantitatively how Social Security can really have a profound impact on the outcome, on what many would consider otherwise um, really at-risk retirement income plans. So Social Security represents that last opportunity you have from our perspective as a financial advisor to truly save a retirement income plan and if you ignore Social Security, you do it at your client's peril and your own peril. There's tremendous value, not only for the client, but for you. But that was that was the the kind of the genesis of the Corporation for Social Security Claiming Strategies. We offer the software, as you know, and we offer the training. 
And uh, we've had great success uh, training folks that are affiliated with, with DMI, as you know, thanks to your efforts and Declan's, and we appreciate that. And that's our story. We're looking forward to helping more of the folks that are on here today. Hey, yeah, and we really appreciate the the relationship, Andy. And I, I know there's probably people on this call that appreciate it too, and others, uh, other agents that uh, work with DMI, and also Michael Hayflick, who's here today uh, in in the top left corner. And uh, 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 Mike has had great success, so much so that I think within a period of about six years, he uh, uh, turned his business around to being to producing 200 million in AUM. Or, or 200 million plus. Uh, we don't have to get too accurate there on the numbers, uh, but uh, but Mike, um, we really appreciate you being here to talk about. You know, give us that vantage point of, you know, what's it like in the street presenting the the social security optimization strategy. Um, but uh, if you maybe want to say a few words on on, uh, you know, maybe what that what that means to you. Uh, Absolutely. Thanks for inviting me, first of all. And uh, anytime sure. I can join Andy Robertson, it's such a joy for me. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, Andy and I, we spend a lot of time talking about these things. And he'll often say, you know, we start to sound like evangelists because we believe in it so so um, wholeheartedly. And I, I really do. Um, I, I just want to preface what I'll say about Social Security optimization and, and claiming strategies with I'm a career changer. Um, I, I right out of college became a systems analyst. Um, after getting an MBA, I went into human resources, trust plans, administration, went into small business and then became a teacher. So there's been about little like four or five little mini careers that I've had. So as a 44 year old guy coming into this industry, I immediately said, how am I going to differentiate myself? What will I do to add value to an organization? And uh it's about seven years now to the day that I got uh, the certification, the CSSCS certification. And I um, briefly was saying to Glenn um, prior to the, you know, going live here, right at that time, there was talk about the 2015 Bipartisan Budget Act. And that was to basically solve a Medicare premium increase problem that was coming. It was gonna be a really hefty premium increase for Medicare recipients. And so what they did was they they changed some of the more advanced strategy rules. Some people were grandfathered in, some not. And in October of 15, a month after getting certified, I started to see anywhere from 60 to 100 people in conference rooms because everyone was panicking. You know, what turned out to be in 2000, a way to help baby boomers to give them a fighting chance, right? That was the, the rhetoric then. In 2015, it changed to, we need to eliminate those manipulative strategies on the one percenters. So, you know, politics always seems to come into play with, with a lot of what we do in life. But in 2015, it became really important for someone with a specialization in understanding social security claiming strategies. And so, um, it really was interesting timing. I, I thought that's going to be the way that I differentiate myself. And I become a specialist, not just be a generalist in this industry. And so um, I've really prided myself on, on every quarter having more AUM under management. And it's happened for the last, say, 10 plus years now. Um, I'm really not one to keep track of 
the 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 um you know the AUM numbers, fee fee numbers, commission numbers. But I just always said I want to always be growing, 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 and growing, and that's what I've been able to do um, using this program. That that's awesome, man. And and, uh, and again, thanks so much for being here, Mike. Um, we also have Declan Donahue. Um, uh, he he is he is our BDR or one of our BDRs at DMI, and uh, he's very familiar with this program. He's probably talked to a lot of people on this call today. And uh, he's he's going to help to uh, field Q&A and that kind of stuff. So and uh, some of you may hear from him after this call, that kind of thing. But uh, uh, Declan, appreciate you being here, man. Thank you so much. Uh, just to qualify the, the audience today, we've got kind of a mix. Uh, so the people on this call are a mix of insurance agents, BDs, RIAs. This program can work for for anyone. Um, we also have people that have become certified in the in CSSCS program uh, through DMI. Uh, so, uh, but I think it's good that we're, we're kind of mixing things up today. I think it's going to be really interesting. Uh, also, I just want to mention that uh, people that are involved, they're licensed with DMI, have access to something that's very unique. So, uh, well, one, if you do come through the Social Security Optimization Program, with DMI, uh, you have an opportunity to get reimbursed on class fees for your CSSCS certification. Uh, then you also get access to uh, a calculator on the CSSCS side, also Athene's Retirement Optimizer calculator, Athene Marketing Materials, and a completely exclusive uh, DIY marketing campaign built by DMI's award-winning marketing team. Here, let me show this to you guys real quick. Uh, here, stand by. So this campaign, so what I'm doing is I'm jumping inside of my back office, which is a tool that DMI license agents are familiar with. If you download this campaign here, it's going to open up a PowerPoint that gives you a five-week marketing program that culminates in, in week five, a PowerPoint presentation or webinar uh, that you can do on your own. We give you the PowerPoint presentation, and then we give you all the marketing materials you need from week to week to set up that webinar and, um, and get folks in seats to, to pay attention to your message. So uh, we've got emails, social media posts, and it's all timed out for you. It's just a cut and paste environment that, that you're dealing with here. Uh, it's a really, really powerful tool. And uh, we have other ways to support you as well with uh, 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 at workshops that, that are social security related. And this is the kind of thing that can um, help prompt a lot of questions from your audience and uh, you know get you in front of the people that that need help. So with that, I'm going to stop sharing here. Um, I just want to get into it now. So, Andy, we're, I, think, I think ultimately here we're talking about building better, more fortified plans for 50% less capital. Uh, at the same time, we're talking about building better, more fortified, more profitable, and more valuable businesses for agents at the same time. 
but you can speak so much better to that than I can. I just wonder if you can chat with us about that. Yeah, sure. Love to. So um, what Glenn's referencing is, is how addressing the number one concern people have about retirement, which is this idea that they could run out of money, how addressing that in a way that's completely different than people have historically addressed it can lead to not only building better, more fortified plans for your clients and do so for on average 50% less capital, but how that approach will also build for you a better, more fortified, more profitable, and then ultimately more valuable practice. Everybody has, I'm assuming everybody here is independent. Everybody has an exit strategy in mind, whether they can articulate it or not in detail uh, is one thing. But in the end, I think when push comes to shove, everybody wants to know that they're building something of value. Mike talked about building, growing, growing, building. Well, here's here's the bottom line as it relates to what we do and not only how it benefits your client, but how it benefits you. And I would argue that what we do allows you to align yourself with your clients in a way that nothing else will allow you to align yourself with the clients in the same in the same way and, and do so in such an incredibly um, kind of client-centric way. So if you think about it, and you all know this, according to all the researchers, the vast majority of Americans are not on pace to meet their retirement savings targets. So what does that mean? That means we're either going to move forward with plans that are underfunded, or they're going to have to change their expectations, right? They're going to have to delay retirement. They're going to have to save more money. They're going to have to reduce the income expectations that they have in retirement, but something's got to give. And the messaging from the industry has been just that, that Americans, since the introduction of defined contribution plans, really haven't met the call to save enough money for these plans to be a success, right? And what we do historically as financial advisors is we build strategies of hope, right? It's not our fault that somebody shows up on our doorstep at the age of 65 looking to retire and hasn't saved enough money. So we're relegated to building a strategy of hope. And I kid around and say that strategy of hope consists of a couple of things. The first thing is we hope the market performs differently than it has over the last 22 years. The other hope we have is we hope that they run out, that they run out of life before they run out of money. And in the end, if if neither of those things works out, we hope that we sell our practice before they run out of money. But at the end of the day, we hope that problem that they're trying to avoid never becomes our problem because we weren't the reason that problem came about in the first place. But the reality is, as you'll see through our process and our tools, Social Security is the one last opportunity you have to save a lot of these allegedly underfunded retirement income plans. So we use a strategy we describe as asset optimization. So think about it this way. And Glenn, tell me if I'm going too far at this point, if you want to save some of this for later. But okay, think about it this way. In 1952, Harry Markowitz introduced modern portfolio theory. Modern portfolio theory is asset allocation for all intents and purposes. Now, in 1952, what did retirement income planning look like? I can promise you the industry didn't look anything like it looks today. They weren't hundreds of thousands of financial advisors providing people with support and advice as it relates to retirement income plans. Retirement income planning, as we know it, wasn't even a thing, right? There were really two pieces to retirement income planning. There was Social Security provided by and administered by the government. 
and defined benefit plans provided by and administered by employers. The obligation of the employee was just to work till a certain time and then turn it on. Now, in 1978, we first saw the introduction of the 401k plan or the defined contribution plan. As we all know, the industry was turned on its head. Maybe not the greatest thing for the consumer, but certainly for those of us in the industry, it may be the single greatest thing that ever happened because the industry as it looks today, as compared to what it looked like in 1978, is entirely different. And the vast majority of the assets we chase and manage are retirement assets that get rolled out of defined contribution plans. So it's an incredible opportunity for the industry, and the industry's responded in terms of numbers, but I don't believe we've responded in terms of process and in terms of planning, because unless Harry Markowitz had a crystal ball, there's no way he could have possibly thought that modern portfolio theory or asset allocation was something he was going to need 70 years later to deliver retirement income plans. Modern portfolio theory or asset allocation was not designed, was not intended to be an income producing retirement or income producing financial planning process, right? It was for growth to minimize the downside essentially through diversification and maximize the upside without all of that embedded risk. Here we are today, seven years later, the first generation re retiring in mass, widely responsible for funding the bulk of their retirement. We're still delivering the income plan using a growth investment strategy asset allocation. So what's come about from that? The exact results I talked about earlier, that the vast majority of Americans are considered crummy savers. But the reality is, it's not in many cases that they're not really good at saving. It's that we haven't really evolved as an industry. All of these research projects assume Social Security and, and people take Social Security benefits early. They don't even consider the implications of waiting. That's what we do with the Social Security optimization process. We arm you with the knowledge and the tools that you need to help people understand that taking benefits at different times can have a profound impact on whether or not your plan succeeds or fails. And what we do is we move away from asset allocation as the foundational financial planning process to deliver income and move to what we call asset optimization. And through the process of asset optimization, we're able to deliver better, more fortified plans for on average 50% less capital. And the implications of that for the client are a comfortable and secure retirement with the knowledge that X amount of your capital is now available for you to spend any way you like. So they go from underfunded, overfunded, where their plan is fully funded and any excess capital that results from the work we do, they can use to improve their own lives, their family's lives, their grandkids' lives. It brings back that, that American dream of leaving the next generation better off than you were left off. And all of that has been lost over the last 30 years as we've transitioned from defined benefit plans to defined contribution plans, simply because we haven't evolved as an industry. Asset optimization is that evolution that we need to do a better job for the people that we work with and deliver what they need within the confines of what they've been able to create through their work in saving and building wealth. Now, Mike can speak to this even more uh, poignantly in that he does this all day, every day. And he can tell you firsthand how introducing what we do as a financial planning concept 
not focused exclusively on Social Security, but as a different and cutting edge financial planning concept that we bring to the table because we're retirement income specialists, right? So, so the last piece I'll share on this before I kick it over to Mike to kind of provide some additional color is if you really think about what goes on, the vast majority of financial advisors are really generalists. They're not specialists. And if we look at our lives, you know, when we're younger, when it comes to our physical health, it's fine and dandy that we work with a generalist. But as we get older and different issues start to creep into the picture, our longevity, right, and our success in life from a health perspective depends on our ability to access and tap into the support of specialists. There isn't a generalist out there who would dream of tackling a, a, a special issue or a challenging issue without introducing and bringing in a specialist who's more equipped to do so. But in the financial services side, we have a lot of generalists addressing really challenging situations around retirement that would be far better left to the specialist. So my challenge to all of you is if you really want to be in the retirement income space, commit yourself to being a specialist and start by embracing the complexity of Social Security. Because if you really want to bring value to your clients, build better, more fortified plans, and in return, build a better, more fortified practice, Michael talked a little bit about this then start by getting the education you need and embracing the complexity of Social Security because that's where you can make a difference. You can't write a lot of, you can't hand somebody a winning lottery ticket or write them a check at 65 if they're underfunded when they first come to your doorstep, but you can tap into the economic value that Social Security automatically provides in ways you've never imagined before. And we quantify all that in the software that we've developed, so it's undeniable. Mike, maybe you could just talk a little bit about you know how you utilize everything to, to kind of deliver this compelling message and, and get the results you've had. Yeah, this, this essentially is, and, and I'm going to say it very carefully, we don't ever know what the markets will do tomorrow. We don't know what the federal will do on interest rates to combat inflation. We could have the best team of chartered financial analysts assembled on the planet and still not know that China was going to go and uh, take over Taiwan and really cause a mess in our you know, tech industry, or that, you know, going back in time, Russia was going to walk over those Ukrainian borders. Like, we don't know what will happen, but this SSO process and the software, it literally does have a crystal ball effect for people. So what better thing to, to say to, to folks that I see at retirement to say, we know exactly how we could deploy your assets to increase the probabilities of your success. And we think it's highly, highly probable they'll have fully funded or overfunded plans. But if you can do that right at the gate of the starting gate of retirement, I mean, that's far different than almost every other advisor out there who only has like a little mild interest in Social Security. And what I mean by that is um, people who are interested in it are interested to talk to their clients to remain friends with them. So when they start talking about, hey, Hey, uh, Joe, it sounds like the, the fund is going to go broke and I might get reduced on my payments someday. What do you think? And the advisor that, that doesn't know anything about this is going to try to remain friendly with their client. They're going to say, well, you know what? I don't know. Maybe. What do you think, Joe and Mary? And that's not serving them. In fact, that's neglectful of something that's so profoundly important in retirement. So if you're going to do this, I, I think Andy and I, we talk to a lot of people and say, 
You really want to make sure you embrace the complexity, really become a specialist, know these things, the facts and the figures and the strategies inside and out. And that will truly differentiate you with the people that you're sitting in front of. Um, so we can, we can really figure out right at the onset of retirement how to deploy assets. Once you see this, you cannot unsee it. So you can't see this and then say, oh, come on, it's just a gimmick. Oh, it's just a marketing scheme. No, it isn't. This is the blueprint or roadmap, if you will, for how they could best deploy every dollar of their wealth for income and then have excess capital for either discretionary use or maybe you've even resurrected the notion of legacy with the folks you're going to work with. A lot of people think they're just going to run out of money no matter what, or our kids are even more successful than us. We don't care if we leave anything behind. Well, I say to people, I, I don't know if you'll be able to leave anything behind, but I'm going to plan that you need a 30-year retirement to be covered because, my goodness, they can give me new knees and new hips and new valves, and they can do all sorts of things to keep me alive. They're going to likely do the same thing for you, especially if you've already reached age 65. So I just think, uh, Glenn and everyone listening, this is definitely something you should pursue to at least see if you are a good match for the program and then a good match to then convey it to prospective clients or even the existing clients you have. Do you see, do you see a contrast, Mike, between uh, taking your approach and others that take the asset optimization approach, uh, particularly like when we're, we're, we're hit with this challenging economic time? Is it, can, can you speak to that a little bit? Absolutely. There's never been a better time since I've been doing this to argue that you need to secure income. When you have market volatility as we do, interest rate volatility as we do, unknown tax rates into the future, especially with the mountain of national debt that, that our federal government has taken on. And then if you exponentially uh, you know, want to make it even worse or harder, what if you live a long life? What if you do live through another 2000, 2008, 2020 market? I mean, you know, the, the, the resistance that we might get is only because of what the media or others have told the people sitting in front of you. If you can have a mastery of this and impress upon them with a passion and with the knowledge that you've got to, you've got to forget all of the things you've heard. I'm showing you the solution. Um, Andy and I, we've talked about this before. If you pulled into the to a neighborhood, a new neighborhood, and you saw three identical homes, exactly the same, they're all backed up to the woods, they all have in-ground pools and spas, and they're exactly the same, who in their right mind would ever say, I want to take the most expensive one, right? Who would even say, I want to take the second most expensive one? If they're identical homes, wouldn't you want to take the one that is using the least amount of your wealth to buy it? That's what these plans will indicate. They'll show people the precise dollar amount needed for income and then how much extra is there for ex, you know, as excess capital. There's no disputing it. And um, again, I, I can't say it enough. Nobody has seen the things we see with the software and nobody sees how profoundly different. Now, I'd say this, some people are intimidated by engineers and the CPAs and the, you know, the mathematicians. 
I love those people. I love them because they get it. They see the value. They see the facts and the data that's been used and they understand the science that's been used. It's, it's the people like that that I just am so thrilled to present that, that these uh, options to. Hey, well, let, let me, uh, let me go ahead, jump Andy. in here, Glenn, for a second, because I think the other thing you're driving at, Mike, you and I have talked about this and you know, recently here with everything that's going on is not only, you know, you're passionate, obviously, about what you do and has had a tremendous impact on your business and the people you work with, people you work with, meaning your clients, but your peers who've kind of resisted embracing, you know, embracing the complexity and really making themselves specialists. You shared with me that, you know, there have been times over the last few months where people are hiding under their desk because of the, the frequency in which they're getting phone calls from panic clients and having them trade them out of positions. And you haven't experienced any of that because you're able to remind them that none of the, in, none of the assets that we've positioned for income are at risk, right? It's only the money that we don't need for income that we can use for other things and we can, we can wait it out. That's the thing you can't do, right? If you have to commit hundred percent of the capital to the income plan, because I'm using an asset allocation approach and asset allocation approaches require you to pad the plan offset and manage against the inevitable dollar cost ravaging that happens when you have a market like this. You don't have to do that with an asset optimization strategy. And the fact that you don't have to pad the portfolio is what creates the excess capital that you can now invest differently. So Mike has just kind of, you know, laughed at me and said, you know, I'm walking through the office now whistling Dixie, you know, while some of these guys are on suicide watch because their phones are ringing off the hook. And I think that's an overlooked element. So not only, again, does it does it make you more successful because you build better, more fortified plans, and it makes you more successful because you now have a better, more fortified practice, but you also have a much more manageable practice as well, because as you and I both know, when it comes to managing money, I've never met a financial advisor who would suggest they prefer managing money for income over growth, right? Growth is easy. It's income that's hard. And when we're delivering the income through the plan in a way that's guaranteed, tax efficient and inflation adjusted, we're doing it for pennies on the dollar, all that money that you're now able to position for long-term growth can ride the wave and you don't have to worry about selling them out at that time. So I probably did the talking for you, but I know that was one thing that Glenn and I were talking about and he wanted me to make sure we shared with the group and hopefully that resonates. But that that's the, the biggest thing I would say is your practice becomes a lot more maintenance-free when you're not putting yourself in a position where everything is dependent on being lucky. I think you're spot on, Andy, and, and I, I would totally agree with you. Our portfolio managers would absolutely love to manage for growth. It is nearly impossible to generate an appropriate amount of income for people if you're just depending on uh, bank accounts or you know bond-heavy portfolios. Um, you know, I, I just can't even stress it enough. You know, the people that that retire without any guidance, they think they have to become very conservative investors because, you know, who knows, they might run out of money. Uh, they have to be protective. What I've found is if we've secured the income plan with high, high levels of probability of success, they can now be opportunistic in these markets, right. in markets where the Dow all the way to the NASDAQ are down anywhere from 15 to 25%, they can, they can call me and say, 
hey, these are pretty good prices, right? You've always stressed about buying low, right? And selling high. Is this a good time to get a little more opportunistic in this market? So those are the conversations, not the panic of, are we gonna have to change our lifestyle? Are we gonna have to cancel our family trip to Florida this year? I get none of that because we've already set aside not only the money to fill the income gap, but also to bridge the time before both people, let's say in a married situation, bridge that time period for when the second person will claim social security benefits. They've already got it. Now, I'm not gonna say that they're not interested or even a little bit anxious about what they read or see, but it is not by any means panic. More so it's, hey, how do we take advantage of this? Hey, uh, so Mike and Andy, uh, we've got we've got a few questions already, and uh, I was going to ha- ask Declan to maybe uh, jump in and, and answer some, or help field those questions. Uh, uh, but uh, so I, I want to go maybe a little more strategic now. Um, and uh, th- it's been great. Great so far. But um, yeah, glad Declan, we, have, we have a pretty specific question about a client. Maybe Michael or Andy might want to dive into. Yeah, that'd be um, interesting. Yeah, I'm I'm looking at it now. So I, I believe I'm seeing this clearly. The first question is about if a client delays till 70 and passes prior to their spouse, does the spouse have the ability to take that age 70 benefit as a survivor benefit, even if they're age 62? I think that's really the question. And the answer is yes. So the surviving spouse gets to keep the greater of the two benefits. So if you're 70 and you haven't collected benefits, the monthly benefit rate that would pass on as the what they call the WIB would be the age 70 monthly benefit rate. So they get to keep the greater of their benefit or your benefit, whichever is higher. Um, so I think that covers that. There's a question about Securities America, maybe um, Glenn and Declan can speak to that. Let me just see if there's anything else here. Yeah, that, uh, by the way, that, uh, that, that uh, uh, marketing program sh- uh, should be fine with S- Securities America. I'll I'll double check for sure, but there's no reason why that uh, that wouldn't work. It's a it's a client approved piece. So the other the other questions, I think I'm just trying to I'm just trying to follow along with the questions. But one of the questions was: Is this for emerging wealthy versus affluent? It's for everybody. So our experience is 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 very straightforward. What we find is when people start to take the right approach when it comes to retirement income planning. Think of it this way. What we like to say to people is, the one thing you know definitively is exactly what you want for income. The one thing, if I'm using an asset allocation approach, I cannot tell you definitively until it's over. And when I say over, I mean your life is over, is how much you're going to have to commit to that plan in order to meet your objectives. So you know what you want to have happen. I cannot tell you definitively what the cost is going to be until the end. If I use an asset allocation approach with an asset optimization approach, I can tell you unequivocally upfront exactly what you're going to have to commit from a from a capital perspective to deliver the objectives of the plan you seek, and in return tell you exactly as a result how much you'll have left to do other things. So my experience has been that it applies to everybody, and in fact, some of the more affluent people happen to find it a little bit more compelling a little bit more easy because they understand the concepts. They have a tendency to be a little more sophisticated and they have a tendency to be able to follow along with the concepts that much more quickly. So there is no 
um, break point. I'll say this to you. If someone has no money, there isn't much we can do for them. So that's certainly true. So there is a downside, you know, where we we have to have a cutoff. I mean, if people don't have any capital, it's very difficult for us to help them meet their objectives. I think, you know, their situation is pretty straightforward. But if they have meaningful capital, I would tell you mass affluent all the way through high net worth are all excellent candidates for what we do. Um, and all of them respond very favorably because what we do is totally quantitative. So there is nothing left to the imagination. There's no assumptions, no nothing. None of the outputs are predicated on if this, then this. It's all just math. Um, this is this is this is a in response to your question. It's the same person asking all the questions, but this is a commercial, you know, essentially about our program. If you're interested in learning more, Declan will be following up with you, and he can fill you in on how you can get more information, how you get access to it. Um, you know, I, I was thinking, Andy, one thing I was thinking about, though, is that we do want to talk about uh, the ARO a little bit and how that how that impacts the uh, asset optimization strategy. I wonder, not to put you on the spot, if there's any way to, to show just a little bit of that. Um, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, I, I think, well, I'm going to just so we have an ongoing kind of dialogue here. Um, do I do I think that this strategy makes sense, even if or is going to be impactful, even if they have a small amount of Social Security in in, in relation to the overall income? And the answer is absolutely, because we're talking about an overall process. So the one thing I would say to you is the reason we speak about asset optimization is that Social Security optimization is a part of the asset optimization planning process that we've developed. So Social Security is a small part. It's probably self-evident that if we have two spouses who both have excellent Social Security benefits, then there's some additional value that we can get there. Tax efficiency comes to mind, survivor benefits come to mind, versus if we have one spouse. But in every instance, and you'll see for yourself, we can show quantitatively the implications to the capital requirement of taking benefits at different times. So um, in every instance, it's it's meaningful. They may not agree, and they may go back to doing what they were planning on doing before they met you. But my experience has been that when you show someone something unique like this, they view you entirely differently than they view everyone else. And I think that's, at the end of the day, the real value to the folks that that ultimately embrace it. So, um, Glenn, I'm sorry, you were saying about ARO. Say that one more time. Well, you know what? Here's here's a thought. We could either uh, show people a little bit about the ARO, just give them a little taste of the ARO. Uh, or uh, you remember the spreadsheet we were looking at yesterday? Uh, yeah, I think that would be I, tough right now. How much time do we have? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it might be going a little too deep. So uh, I, maybe we don't take that deep a dive. But um, I, I, I would I would say this, though, I think, you know, kind of to kind of bring this back around full circle for the group. You know, if what you've heard today is intriguing and you want to learn more, I think we should have. If there's enough people that are interested, we should have a follow-up where we can do, you know, a demo. I always, I always focus on the case study. So I think a great, you know, great follow-up to everybody would be to have Declan send out the case study that kind of walks them through the numbers. And then let's get back together and show a couple of case studies. So I have that case study that's in the in the piece that Declan can send out. But then I've also got a great study. A case study of an individual who's a high net worth person who's looking for X amount of income, it would really be a great example to show the group 
Um, and John, who's asked uh, the bulk of the questions, I think would appreciate seeing that because I think it would be uh, providing him a little insight into exactly what he's wondering, which is how does this impact somebody like him? Yeah. Um, oh, no, we're happy to help anybody on this call. So I think regard. we can do that. And then at the same time, you know, we can kind of set the table for one of the one of the things that that, again, I like to to focus on is not only the implications for the client, but the implications for the advisor. So I think not only could we do a demo, you know, showing the case study within the software, um, but also show the implications from a from a revenue perspective. Because the one thing that everybody's got to keep in mind is if the studies are true and the vast majority of Americans are on pace to be underfunded, then eventually there's going to be a problem, right? And the problem is going to be that the financial advisor who's managing retirement income plans, that because of the process that they employ are by definition underfunded, those plans are going to evaporate. Those assets that they manage are going to start to evaporate. And I believe in my heart of hearts that at some point in the not too distant future, that the M&A community is going to start to look at the book that you manage and the percentage of assets that are over leveraged because of the way you build retirement income plans and ask, are we overpaying for these assets? So if your exit strategy at some point is to sell your book, I think it would be prudent to recognize that this looming retirement income crisis, which is what it is, is going to create a situation where people are not going to be willing to pay what they pay today on a multiple of the very same assets. They're going to be concerned that the assets are over leveraged, they're overpaying, and it's going to be especially true if more and more people start to embrace the work that we do and those practices can be quantifiably more profitable. That's the practice that's going to get the bigger multiple. So we can show and demonstrate you know, in that spreadsheet that I built, Glenn, what the implications from a revenue perspective are today, tomorrow, next month, next week, next year, which I think for the advisor who, you know, is like Mike, who's 15 years away from transitioning out. I don't want to date you here, Mike, but, you know, he's going to have a very different thought process around this than the advisor who's really looking to probably, you know, hang up, hang up the stuff before you know it. So. Um, I, I think all of that is critical, but at the end of the day, it all comes down to whether or not it's the right fit. And um, I well, would hey. say if, if you're a financial advisor who is who is into planning, right, not products. And, and by the way, I, I know advisors who are great advisors who really focus on product and they do a great job for their clients. This probably wouldn't be a great fit, but for the financial advisor who's much more holistic and works with concepts, this, this is an education. That's where this, this comes in. So I'll stop. Glenn. Thank you. Hey, well, well, uh, if you could just, just kind of maybe treetop how ARO enhances the, the strategy, like helps to deliver on the strategy. Maybe. Yeah. So, so absolutely. So the software the theme retirement optimizer, which is the version that, that Glenn and the team have access to, is really designed with a handful of inputs to put you, the user, in a position that in real time, in just a matter of minutes, you can stress test somebody's retirement income plan and then show them while they sit there the implications of taking benefits at different times to the overall plan capital requirements. So 
So again, as Mike said, it has a crystal ball effect. Essentially, what we do with the Athene Retirement Optimizer is say, tell us what your plan is. And then we will stress test your plan and tell you whether or not your plan is going to be underfunded, overfunded, or somewhere in between. And essentially, what we're doing is we're saying, if you think about the different decisions that you get to make as different paths you could go down, we're going to show you from a capital perspective what it looks like if you take that path today. You don't have to wait 15 or 20 years from now to find out the hard way that the path you chose was a really difficult path because 15 to 20 years from now, there's nothing we can do to bring you back and start over. So we're going to show them quantitatively, here are the implications of going down this path versus that path versus the other path. And what we do is we we find them the optimal or optimum path, right? So we're going to, and we define optimal by which path is going to require you to commit the least amount of capital. So I say it two ways. It's going to it's going to require you to accumulate the least amount of capital or commit as little capital, as little of the capital that you've accumulated as possible, right? So for somebody who's behind the curve, maybe all of a sudden a comfortable retirement is more attainable because of the process. For somebody who's a really good saver, we're going to open their eyes to the fact that you could commit 50% of what you've accumulated and get the very result you're looking for. And we can tell you that unequivocally today. So the beauty of the software is it allows you to put on display in real time, here's what your plan looks like. And we call it a stress test. And for many people, you know, it's a little bit of a surprise, but not shocking because I think at the end of the day, most know maybe if I go down the path and thinking about going down, it's going to rely on a lot of luck. You know, with our strategy, we could deliver to them that plan intact for half the capital. And really what it comes down to, if you think about it, is we take retirement income planning from being a process of hope to a process of strategy, right? So we're delivering definitively on the plan objectives upfront for a quantitative number that doesn't change. And then we in turn can say, here's what you have left to do those other things. So um, I would kind of close that out with saying, not only does it put them in a position where they can see firsthand how the very thing they're most afraid of can be avoided simply by working with the right person who's armed with the right tools and the right process. But many advisors have told me over the years that their clients don't care about legacy. You know, that's not an issue anymore. I've been doing this for 31 years. I say that's baloney. I don't believe that's true at all. I think people have given up on legacy because the messaging around retirement has become so negative that most are hoping they never become a burden to their, their children. Well, what we're doing is we're reviving that dream, and it's powerful for the people we talk to. But it comes down to, you know, as Mike said, there's, there's no trickery here. Really what it comes down to is taking a step back and saying, is there another way to do this? And if there is, are there tools available that can allow me to do it succinctly and effectively with the people I face off with? And, th and that's what we do. But the ARO tool is, 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 the, is, is kind of the the catalyst for the whole thing. Without the ARO tool, you know, we're talking concepts. This brings it to life. It makes it tangible and lets people see for real what the implications are and that what we promise is what we deliver. So, you know, uh, Mike, I, uh, what's it like for you that when when you apply the SSO strategy and, and enter enter the right criteria into 
Athene Retirement Optimizer. I mean, are we talking about this coming down to just kind of simple math in some respects? In some, I know this sounds complicated to to many, but in some regards, it's this is a much simpler approach. Yeah, and I, I have a case pulled up. I worked on this case the last couple of days. Um, I'll just give you the the real quick synopsis of it. They have two two million forty six thousand dollars. Their plan, meaning this is when they thought they would claim social security benefits, required. million of their $2,046,000 to be used for income only. So that means they only had about $270,000 of excess capital. And I say, that's positive news. We're going to have you have even a little more than you need to to meet this this goal. Uh, Then I said, well, but alternatively, what if we did something a little different? We end up using $400,000 less of capital simply, simply by claiming social security benefits at a different time. Well, then the optimized plan turns out if we just deploy the assets, pair up social security with other maybe forms of reliable guaranteed income, they need about $700,000 to meet their plan. They leave my office thinking, geez, do I want $1.4 million of excess capital to now invest for discretionary use or legacy? Or do we want to do the more expensive plan and put all the various risks of longevity and inflation and taxes and the markets and interest rates? We want to keep that part of our lives in retirement. This, this, isn't, you know, this isn't for us to tell people what to do. It's just simply revealing the choices. In most cases, especially the smarter people that are math-oriented, quantitative-oriented, they're going to say, I think I want the, the plan with the least amount of risk and that uses the least amount of my wealth. And it can be that simple. I think, I think it, you know, again, as Andy said, the, the numbers don't lie. If they want to dispute any research or evidence or data that we can do that. But um, given what we've seen uh, since 2000 and given the monumental amount of market volatility and the unpredictable markets and now interest rates being volatile, this planning software can be a game changer. It, it, can, it can absolutely be a game changer. Well, we've got about 10 minutes. And I, I, I wanted to ask you another, another couple of questions and get into uh, common challenges and misperceptions and that kind of thing. But um, what's, what's the demographic, the, the age range you think that, that is good for, for this program? Wow. Um, clients. Uh, we market to anyone from 60 to 65. Um, if you're like my wife and you like to learn about things far in advance, you might get some 58, 59, maybe 60-year-olds. Um, but people that have some wealth, it opens up the opportunities to them. So what I mean by that is if some people are retiring with only eighty dollars to $100,000 of retirement income uh, and they'll fully depend on social security benefits to make a living or to pay their bills in, in retirement, there, there probably isn't much to talk to them about. It might be a necessity that they take their benefits as, as soon as they can. Maybe health uh, prohibits them from waiting or delaying. Um, so people that I think the, the, the real sweet spot seems to be like, say, a half a million to 1.5 million, you know, working family, a couple of hardworking people, you know, not mountains of money, but, but a lot. And 
what better demographic if you're a financial advisor than the people ready to retire uh, versus the people who just got their first job and you're trying to have them open Roth IRAs with you? I mean, this is a, a, a fabulous demographic. Baby boomers are very much sort of, um, they're thoughtful people, they're analytical people, they've experienced the changeover, as Andy said, from defined benefits to defined contribution plans. They've experienced the three massive corrections in our markets. These are the people you'd want to work with because they get it, they're concerned, they're ready to retire, and especially going through the last several years, as we all have, many of the professions of, of people I work with, they want to retire soon, not later. Well, so, so uh, Andy or Mike, let's discuss some of the common challenges with building uh, retirement income plans. Like well, this. let me, let me offer this Glenn, Cause I think um, one of the things that you and I talked about is something that, that Mike and I, you know, kind of discovered a few years ago. So, you know, as Mike has said, we kind of find ourselves being evangelists, you know, we're so passionate about what we've developed here that we tell everybody about it. And we believe everyone, of course, should do what we recommend. But at the end of the day, you know, we always have to remember our job is to tell them what they need and give them what they want. You know, we have to make them a customer first. And, you know, Mike said to me one day, something the effect of Andy, I think, think, you know, we're beating people over the head with, you know, with, with this story. And I think we're winning them over because we're passionate about what we do, but we're not always getting the assets because we're telling them they have to do what we're recommending. And it was a great point. And I think, you know, from that point forward, uh, the amount of success that, that, you know, Mike, certainly you had when you started just making them a client, because if you, if you're talking to people who are 60 to 65, in a lot of instances, they're not even going to pull the trigger for a couple of years anyway. So I think the way, you know, Mike and certainly some of the other folks I work with have overcome that objection is when somebody says, I want, they say, okay. And step one is to get all the assets in house, right? So rather than pivot to a specific product recommendation, a portfolio construct, a social security claiming strategy, step one is let's get all the assets in one place. And Mike touched on this a little bit earlier. And then once they're all here, then we can go into detail about exactly how we're going to deploy those assets so the plan ends up being as successful as we've as we've designed. So I would say there's a couple of challenges. That challenge is is maybe the biggest is recognizing that they're buying you and your passion. And sometimes it's you and your passion that they're really buying even more than you, your passion and your passion for the process. So make them a client first. And if you do that, you know, a year from now, you do that, everything you said was going to happen, happened. You know, you now have that relationship that you didn't have before. Now, you, you know, during your annual review, you can talk about, let's revisit again, the optimal strategy versus, you know, your chosen strategy, and you can move them. And I know Mike has moved them in a, in a better direction. At the end of the day, you know, our job, again, is, is to make sure that we do the best, the best we can for them, but we're always going to do something for them, probably that they aren't going to do for themselves when it comes to, you know, what we ultimately come up with. I think most people don't have the, if they're seeking advice, they don't have the, the skill set to do it on their own. Um, so Andy, that, that's big. 
Well, how about how about if if the client wants to take Social Security at 62 or they uh, or they have like some, some preset time period in their head? That well, that definitely whatever reason that definitely happens. And, and so, you know, one of the things that's, I think, been invaluable for Mike and the other folks that I work closely with is virtually everybody they talk to comes to them after they do an educational workshop in their community. So we kind of lay out for everybody ahead of time the process and what makes us different. And some of the things that they are predisposed to doing, we are indirectly destroying in our workshop, right? So in the workshop, we really know, uh, we really go after these these kind of preconceived notions that I'm going to take benefits early and keep working. That's very common. You know, people have it in their head, they're going to take benefits at 62. Why? Because I may not be here at 70, so security may not be here at 70, so I'm going to take benefits at 62, I'm going to save all that money, and I'm going to keep working. Okay, when we introduce them to a concept called the earnings test, they realize, huh, okay, well, that doesn't work, right? Because if I have a decent income and I'm collecting Social Security, and I'm subjecting the earnings test, I'm never going to get my hands on those checks. And the implications of that are really important because that goes to the next part of their planning process that they have in their mind of their analytical process, which is break even. You know, most people think, oh, I know I could get more. They may not be able to articulate how much more, but they know if they wait till 70, and we don't think everybody should wait till 70. We think you should look for the optimal optimal time to take benefits as defined by which one requires the least amount of capital. But inevitably, people know they'll get more if they wait till 70, but they also recognize that they'll have to live to almost 80 to break even. Well, let me tell you, if you're not getting any checks from 62 to FRA, break even is not almost 80. So what happens is we very nicely and through education completely destroy the way they're thinking about Social Security before they show up at the event. And now in the end, our call to action is to come in and get a stress test of their current plan through the Athene Retirement Optimizer and see if there's a better, you know, more fortified way we could go about building this plan for less capital. And the number of people that take you up on that is significant. But my point, Glenn, is so then when they come in, we're having a more productive conversation because some of the emotion has been taken out of the equation because we very nicely through education pointed out to them that what they're thinking and we know they're predisposed to thinking isn't really quite right. So so that's a big one. I think if you really want to be successful in the same way that Mike has been proactively going out and telling this story to a target audience is the key. Mike, you want to add anything to that? Also, also a second question. Um, Are women more responsive than men to this? If you maybe bundle those two questions. Um, my, my comments would be this. There are so many stakeholders in what we've talked about this last hour. There's you, the advisor, your family that you're likely, you know, at least in, in part providing support to the clients of which could be a single individual person, never married, married couples, divorced folks, divorced people who've lost their exes. Um, and and even, you know, just widows of, uh, you know, after a wonderful marriage, people widowed. There are so many stakeholders in this that you can appeal to. And this is such a differentiator and so necessary for all the various stakeholders that, you know, it can truly be a win in every respect. And if you, if you can win over people because of the process you've created, not just because you might be likable, um, that's a far, far, 
sturdier relationship and a more long-term relationship that you'll build. And as far as women, I think more, more often I find that women are the widows and, and more often I can have an even more profound impact on them because there are some very specific rules that relate to widows when they can actually claim on a former spouse's benefit at 60, um, 50 if disabled, but 60 in more normal circumstances. There's a lot of things that we can talk about. And, and the last thing I'd say is the, the, the workshops we do and then the initial consultations is just the beginning. Um, showing them your expertise in this very, very important um, financial matter, it just opens the door then to further investments, to doing Roth conversions, to avoiding that big tax time bomb that they might have when they each respectively turn 72, you know, in a married couple situation. There's so many pivot pivots that we do, but essentially the first thing they want to know is how can I retire without going broke and and how do we how do we deploy the, the capital in the most optimal way? And that's what we can help them do. Well, let me let me throw in and then I'm gonna have to jump, but it's a great question. And I think what I would say is the wives become instrumental in making a better decision because when you think about who ultimately pays the price for the bad decision making. Here are a couple of statistics that speak directly to this. So according to researchers, 80% of men die married, 80% of women die single. So, you know, a lot of them obviously are ending up single because they're widowed. The other compelling statistic is that 84% of widowed women replace the financial advisor within 12 months. So ask yourself this question, what are the odds that they're going out of their way to replace the financial advisor if the financial advisor and their deceased spouse have left them in a very comfortable position? My guess is, I'm going out on a limb here, my guess is they're replacing the financial advisor because they've been left in a very difficult situation. So one of the things that we absolutely do through the process is highlight the implications to the survivor. So not only how does this plan deliver a better, more fortified result for the two of you together, but for the surviving spouse as well, that excess capital that gets created that we can identify unequivocally that we don't need for income through the process acts as an incredibly attractive survivor benefit along with a significantly better guaranteed survivor benefit versus in the alternative, a smaller social security benefit because they took early and an asset value that's either exhausted or deeply depleted because they were self-funding too much of the overall income for too long. So. Well, hey, uh, one question. If uh, if you're life licensed, is that enough to have success with the program? I, You know, my, my response to that would be certainly, you know, we've had people that have succeeded in this program, in my experience, if they're life only. I will say the demographic that we are targeting is really by and large, looking for a full service relationship. So one one consideration, of course, is to partner up with somebody that you can do this with together who handles the other side of the equation. You know, I have I have several teams that I've worked with over the years where one one partner handles the insurance side, what we call the protection side, and the other handles the investment side. So it can be done. I've seen it done. You'll be far more successful if you partner with somebody who can 
who can help you complete the puzzle. So we uh, really appreciate the time and reach out to us with anything. We're really, really happy to help. Awesome. Thanks, Glenn. Thanks, Declan. Thank appreciate you, Thanks everyone for your time. I hope to talk to everyone again. Well, thanks for being here. Really appreciate the help. And uh, you guys all have a really nice day. This is DMI's Next Sale podcast. Stay tuned for our next episode. For more information about this episode, additional resources, or to learn about partnering with DMI, be sure to connect with us on your next sale at DMI.com.